welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I am Chad Simpson, and today's guest you are going to love. Today we have Travis Wyckoff, founder of The Kingdom Coaching. It's a consulting business for coaches to help provide the tools, strategies, and skills that they need to transform how you lead yourself, lead others, and win in all areas. Travis wrote The Leadership Greenhouse and also is the host of the podcast called The Coaching DNA. Today in this episode, he gets into self-awareness and living an ordered life. He talks about building your tribe and he gets into, you're going to love this part, the, the art of friendship. Um, really great episode with my friend Travis Wyckoff. We're so excited to get in this episode and so let's get into this episode right now. Travis Wyckoff, it's uh, so good to have you on the Christian Coach Podcast. Um, our our hosts, we've been on this journey um, trying to trying to pinpoint and and dig into what does it mean to be a Christian coach, and so that's how we start every episode. Just want to throw it to you. Uh, what does it mean to you, Travis, uh, to be a Christian coach? Yeah, uh, first off, I appreciate you having me on. Seriously, I I, I mean that this is um, yeah, it's an honor. Um, so from my perspective as as somebody who's been who's working with coaches and in some of them are you know are christian coaches i work with both believers and unbelievers um i think one of the i think one of the i'm going to answer it like this i think one of the ditches we often get into and this is a coach this is a dentist this is a dermatologist this is any profession is that if we're not careful, we we take this idea of wanting to be a light in a dark world. We take this idea of wanting to be a good witness. We take that idea, which is all great. Like nobody would say that's wrong. But what we do is we make that the driver. We make that the primary thing as opposed to, um, and this is how I would answer it. I think a Christian coach is somebody who, who seeks after the Lord in their own personal life, somebody who is um, pressing in, somebody who is surrendered uh, to Jesus as their Lord and Savior, somebody who is like legit walking in the kingdom is somebody that says, this is the kingdom. This isn't that my life is under the reign, the rule and reign of Jesus. And so um, first, internally, they're seeking their, their, they've submitted their life to Jesus. And then the play out of that obviously is to be a light, to be a witness, to, you know, to do all those things to, to the, for their athletes, but also other people that are watching. So to, to make a super simple um, answer, long-winded, um, I think a Christian coach is someone who has surrendered to Jesus, but, but not just the surrender, not just quote unquote, prayed the sinner's prayer, but is actually surrendering daily is submitted to the rule and reign of Jesus in their life that is seeking after the Lord that is asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to know? How, how do you want me to coach this team today? How do you want me to coach this team this week? What like legit walking in the spirit, seeking after him, not just hitting church Sundays when they can do it and being a good, good witness. Um, I think it can get twisted and perverted when we lead with that. So yeah, that's a long-winded answer to it. probably a super simple question. No, that's that's really good, and I, I felt that as a coach to have uh, to have the greatest um, 
desires and wanting to impact people for Christ, but just uh, you know, John John fifteen, uh, apart from Christ, we can we can bear no fruit. So I think that gets into the all right. Then how as a coach can we can we stay uh, connected to to the vine, to the ultimate source, and and want Him more than more than results, more than fame, more than these other things. And um, yeah, just just curious for you, you know, you, you have this uh, consulting business called Kingdom Coaching, and, and you've already kind of talked about that underneath. But just for you personally, this is sometimes a question we like to end with, but just for you, as you are, you, know, you talk about being a dentist, a, a businessman, a coach, how, um, how does that look like for you on a daily, weekly basis for you to try to stay connected to, to Christ um, as you're pouring out into others? Yeah. Well, first off, I'm, I'm, I'm great at talking about it. It's a lot harder to actually pull it off, you know? Same. <laughs> um, but I would say this, um, obviously just, it, it takes a ton of intentionality, um, I think for me, and, I, and I, I'm in a season right now where I have spent a lot of time thinking about and practicing um, silence and solitude. So I'm I'm in a season right now where I'm I'm creating, uh, you know, my kids are older. I've got two boys that are out of the house. I've got a daughter who's a junior and she's super social. And so she's hanging with friends and she's going to, you know, last night I saw her for like 20 minutes. Um, and she's doing her thing and, and she's, she's awesome. Um, so I do have time unlike you. So when, so when I say this, obviously season of life is, 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 uh, you know, important. It's, it's not always like this, but I'm just trying to create a ton of space, like legit, just sitting with the Lord. And in some cases, just coming to him and asking, um, I would love for you to speak to me right now. I would love for the spirit to, to move in me and speak to me, but I'm also cool just to hang with you right now. And if that means sitting in your presence for a half hour or whatever time, I, I, I'm, I'm game with that. Um, so I'm really trying to create space where I'm sitting more in silence and solitude, getting, you know, putting phone down, doing all that. Obviously, there's a level in the morning that I'm trying to trying to be consistent with if I'm going to wake up and I want to, I want to spend some time meditating on his word. Uh, I do want to, to, um, you know, sit in some, some silence. And then throughout the day, trying to take little, little, little breaks, little moments of just awareness of his presence has been really what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do because I can really get into autopilot. I can get into that. You know, I do, you do your time devotion time in the morning, whatever you want to call it. I've, I've, I've learned to call it like time with Jesus, because if I think about it as a quiet time or a devotion time for, for whatever reason, I can just, I am King of like, um, here's what's on the checklist. So check it off. Boom. Quiet time done. And really didn't spend time with the Lord. I just did what I was supposed to do. And then you go through your day and, and really you live like somebody who doesn't have faith in, in the Lord. Not that you're out doing drugs or, you know, you know, cussing up a storm or whatever. It's just that you're making decisions on your own accord. And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we all love that verse, but we don't always love to walk it out. Like, no, it's legit says, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Well, I'm king of thinking I've got things figured out, right? Or go to a book or go to a podcast, which I'm a huge believer in books and podcasts. 
just not start with like let's start with the lord let's seek the lord so my 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 point being for me is creating tons of space to spend time with the lord and, 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 and really asking him to make me aware of him throughout the day so I don't just go on my own, do my quiet time, and then the rest of the day is figure, figure it out on your own. Um, and, if you, and if you nail it, great. And if you don't, um, oh, well. So I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but Luke 6 says that Jesus went up to a mountain and prayed all night, and then he came down and he called his disciples. And if that were me, it would have said this, Travis picked his disciples and then he went up to the mountain to pray all night, praying that God would bless the picking of his disciples. And so I'm trying to do more like Jesus, like I'm going to go to the mountaintop to ask him, I'm going to go spend time with him. And out of that, out of that deep abiding place flows my decisions, flows my, um, the things that I, I, I'm, I'm doing that day. As opposed to figure it out and then go go plead with the Lord to bless your your will. So that was again a long ramble, but that's really how I try to do it is create space and try to just reorient my life around that deep abiding place. That's so good. That's so good. And um, the hashtag that that we like to use with our podcast is Coach with Christ. Um, same same concept on finding these moments throughout the day as you travel, as you recruit, that you're leaning on on the Lord. So that's so good. And and I like what you said about just different seasons of life. Um, you know, you're you're in in one season, I'm in another season. I was just texting with a, a young coach who just had their first child and this baby's disrupting these daily disciplines that they've leaned on for so long. And um, anyways, yeah, that it, it makes me curious just for you, um, going back to your coaching journey. Uh, you know, you spent some time at Iowa, at, at Creighton, uh, at a junior college, um, just the transformational coaching. I heard that you were re reading Joe Ehrman's book, but just curious for you, when you were a coach, what was that, that transformational coaching journey like? How, how did you go through that um, as a coach? Yeah, you know, I don't think great, if I'm honest. Um, I think I treated guys right. I'm I'm a connector by by nature. Like I love to build relationships. So I think that I think that would look on the surface very, very Christ-like. I mean, I think people would say, oh, there's some fruit there. I I I think my heart though was probably my, my heart and my life was probably oriented around you know, winning, having good pitching staffs and uh climbing the ladder, if I'm if I'm really honest. And so some of this, if not a lot of this, like I, 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 there's no doubt I love the Lord and I, I, I did, I, 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 I know he guided me. I know there's direction. It just wasn't a, a massive intentionality on my part. I honestly would do time with the Lord every morning, but it was very much check off the box if I'm honest. Um, and so it wasn't, it wasn't great. A lot of this has come after I got out of coaching. I, I, I got out of coaching in 2010 and uh, spent six years on a church staff uh, here in the DFW area. And, and so a lot of this stuff was spurred on after coaching. And, um, and so I can, I think that's maybe gives me a little street cred as I do work with coaches of like, dude, I've been there. It's hard. It is hard to coach and keep perspective. And it's, it's, it's really difficult. It for sure can be done. I'm seeing people do it at, at a really high level. But it doesn't mean it's 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 not hard, um, and so didn't do it great. Grew into my faith after coaching, and now hopefully can help coaches 
maybe learned from my, I'll just say mediocre walk with the Lord while I was coaching. I was a mess as a coach. I was not a healthy human. Um, you had different, different, um, spots where you did coach and, um, you know, a lot of young coaches, whether they're at a lower level or maybe making less money, you know, they're just dreaming and pursuing, like, well, if I can just win now, then I'm going to make mo this much more money and, and be at this level. Um, and, and I know certain coaches are, are, you know, maybe they're built to be an assistant coach, or maybe they're built to stay at a lo lower, lower level. But just from your perspective on the places that you coached, just curious, if you're going to help a coach try to figure out their sweet spot, how might you help journey with them to try to figure out where, where might be a good fit and how to have, have the perspective on like, no, I am, I am built for the highest level or no, I'm, I'm built more for this uh, mid-range level. Yeah. Yeah. A really good question. I think a couple of things come to mind. Uh, one, I think you've got to get community around you and this is, this is difficult, but I think to get people around you that you give permission to, to, to really speak honestly to you. Cause I think, man, we can self-deceive ourselves with the best. Uh, I mean, we're really good at deceiving ourselves. So that's one. The second thing I think that is important is there is a level. I, I I think there there's a um, checking your motives, checking like I I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody that just has a really big passion to to coach at the highest level, like to to quote unquote climb the ladder. Oftentimes gets a bad rep. Well, it's not always bad, you know. It's not always bad to want to get you know to end up at at the highest level. I think checking your motives uh, can be important. And then I think just uh, honestly, like just having a, a, an awareness, a sense of this, is, this is what happened to me. I thought I was going to be a uh, power five head coach. And there was a, a, a moment later in my career um, that some self-awareness sunk in and I look up and I'm like, that's not me. I don't think I am a power five coach. I don't think I have the shoulders for it or the, I don't think I have the capacity for it. I, there was multiple things that just aren't, I'm just not a power five head coach. And it was the most freeing thing of all time. It was so freeing to, to, to get off this trajectory of what I thought I was on. In reality, um, I was probably fooling myself. I just didn't know. And so um, I think kind of reading the tea leaves, just constantly keeping a, a, a pulse. Self-awareness is critical. I shared with you, um, you know, before before we hopped on that I'm going to start, I'm going to do some self-awareness, you know, start some little cohort, little short sprint, sprinter cohorts and walk through self-awareness. And I usually do with coach and ADs. I'm, I'm going to do it with, with anyone that wants to. I think it's that important. I've learned that much about it. Um, so that self-awareness and checking, checking, am I, is this really me? Like, and that's hard to be honest with when you have a really, really strong desire to do something, it's hard to be really honest with yourself. Um, and so those are a couple things that I think community being around other people that you give permission to speak into your life. I think checking your motives, is it all about fame and glory? Is it, do you want to coach at the highest level so that when you're walking around at the, the convention for your sport, that people are like, oh, that's the, that's the head coach at such and such university. Cause if that's what you're after, that crap's overrated. Like that's going to cause a lot of misery. 
Um, you know, but first off, no one will really care that you're the head coach of whatever. Um, so check your motives. And then I think just trying to tap into some self-awareness, trying to really, really um, be aware of what, what are your giftings? What, what is your capacity? What is your, um, do you enjoy it? What's your, what's your, you know, order of like, man, I am just going to be, um, I don't think I can be a great father and a great husband or a great wife and a great mother or just a great wife or just a great husband and, and do what I think I want to do. So maybe I need to reorder. There's some that can do it. I've got buddies who are, who love the Lord, have an ordered life and are coaching at the highest level. It's crazy how they do it, but they do it. So I think there's a multitude. It's not an easy answer. It is a journey to try to figure out. Um, but the best I can say is just, man, just being super self-aware of, of what, what the, or, what ordered life you want to live. And obviously I would say that your, your faith and your family are, I, I don't, I, I think the Lord's going to ask us what we do with our family way before he, he asks us what we do with our profession. And I think both are important. Like I'm not minimizing the profession at all. I'm just make. I just think you got to make sure that that things are order. Like the Lord's going to ask me, um, or 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 want to ask my wife, how did he uh, love and serve you? And he and and I think eventually he'll get to maybe the clients that I work with, the people that I'm around. Hey, as a as a as a coach to coaches, how did how is he loving and serving? But the first question is going to go to my wife and my kids, and so making sure that's ordered. And if you can't do it. I think what you had mentioned, if you can't coach at the highest level and still live that ordered life, it probably, you probably need to check yourself. Good. What, what was your first steps um, as you were leaving coaching and uh, got the job with the church? What were your first steps in this self-awareness journey? Um, did that happen as you're exiting as a coach or it sounded like the pastor at your church was quite influential to help develop you and, um, and take you through a, a process of, of learning more about yourself? Yeah, I think the first self-awareness moment was completely God's grace. I had nothing to do with it. I just can remember there was a season where I'm like, dude, I'm just not a power five head coach. Then I get out of coaching several years later and uh, spend six years under a guy named Rodney Hobbs, um, who was the lead pastor. And just the, it was just the the kind of the 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 waters that we swam in. There was just consistent talk about self-awareness, about um you know, what's going on internally. We had a lot of conversations about our gifts, our strengths, what lane we need to run. And we had a lot of conversations about how do other people experience you? What's it like to be on the other side of, of Travis? What's it like to be on the other side of Chad? Like those, it was just the, the air that we breathe is of, uh, we want to be self-aware, uh, not for, for like this weird sort of navel gazing consumed with self but so that we know ourselves so that we can serve others in a really really helpful way so that was kind of the progression that that took place and and then you hit on community as well i know uh your one of your more recent blogs you you had a getaway with some buddies um um it seems like a lot of young coaches i i didn't have that cohort that tribe um supporting me and, and holding me accountable as a as a young young head coach um, but just curious from, from your journey, how long have you guys been, been getting together? Um, just encourage that coach who, who might be isolated, uh, in their faith and trying to find uh, a tribe. 
Yeah. So this was uh, this. These are guys that just throughout my journey, a couple were were college buddies. A couple were uh, one was one was a guy I played with in professional baseball. And then we stayed in, in close contact. Another was um, I coached with. Um, and so it, they came from different, quote unquote, eras of my life or stages in my life. Um, and and so I just happen to get them all together now, um, which is which is a huge blessing. I think a lot of this is my wiring. And so I'd love to take like great credit for my wisdom and insight, but it really happened accidentally. I'm just wired to connect with people. I love connecting with people. And, um, and I think the Lord's really blessed me with a lot of friends. Like it's, 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 it's a little bit crazy when I think like, I used to want all these gifts. Boy, I wanted this gift. I wanted that gift. I wish I could speak like this. I wish, you know, I wish I could be, you know, this, this uber organized like that guy. And, you know, and what I've come to find is I've been gifted. It's just not with those gifts. It's with my, my primary gift that I've had is friends. I've just got a lot of really good friends that are, that sharpened me. And a lot of my clients have turned into friends, good friends. And so um, I do think to have people around you consistently, just that, 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 that sharpen you, that when you're around them, you feel elevated. I think there's something so powerful about the rooms that you're constantly in. It's really, really important. And I don't mean from a Christian perspective only of like, oh, I need people to call out my sin. Man, I just want to be around sharp dudes, sharp people that elevate me, that that inspire me. And um, and I think picking picking friends in general, just having friends is really important. Um, because I think we we I think we can get into a deal, man. The older you get, the the less that you realize that you really need good friends. You you know you maybe have a family, and you look up, and thirty years later, you're like, dude, I've got no buddies that I can call on. I've got no buddies that you know that I so friends in general. But then getting around the right type of friends is a, has been a game changer for me. Every time I look and look back at my life at like steady or significant growth periods. It always revolved around being around a person and or people that helped me elevate, that helped grow me. And so I think it's massive to be really intentional on that. And for this generation of coaches rising up, um, the art of of friendship, um, you know, Facebook, your friends with 3000 people, but um, just for you. Uh, calling yourself a, a great a great connector I'm just curious if you could coach up a, a, a young coach or or just give me advice on wh- what do you think you did well at early in your career and and continuing on as far as connecting well and and the art of friendship yeah I I think I've always um and this is really natural by the way this is not it, again, it's not like my grand wisdom at 21. Like, you know what? I think I'm going to, I'm going to think I'm going to make friendships a priority. It is not how that played out. It's me looking back like, wow, man, the Lord is gracious to me there. But um, if I'm giving advice now, and, and, and I think what I did again, kind of instinctively is I, I would just kind of always try to find who, who's like really sharp. Like I'm picturing myself right now out recruiting um, during the summers for you know when I was coaching baseball and I'm and I just remember thinking I want to be sitting next to the smartest dudes 
Now they might not all turned into friends and some of them might've been, you know, jerks. And so that, that I'm not sitting by that guy anymore, but man, I can just think of some people who I got connected to through baseball and I just sense something in them. And I just, you know, you start a conversation with them, you start to get to know them. Then you, then you, then you touch base two weeks later, be a phone. And then you see them again, recruiting. And next thing you know, you've got this, this relationship with this person and it's a dual relationship, but you're just learning from them. And it's a good, it's a good person. It's somebody that you've been connected with or somebody that you're, you're going to stay connected to. Those are really crucial. So the first thing I think is just an intentionality and awareness of like, dude, reach out, saddle up next to somebody or call somebody and say, Hey, um, man, would love to, to hop on a call with you. Or, you know, if you're doing it in person, like, like I said, out recruiting, just, just start asking them questions, start learning from them. Um, that has been the single best thing that, that accidentally I've done is just through just constantly um, been intentional about reaching out to people. So I, I do a podcast and um, several years ago, uh, a guy mentioned to me, Hey, you need to get this Kyle Stark. He's an assistant GM with the pirates. You need to get him on your podcast. So I'm like, all right, so I get Kyle on my podcast and you can tell within seconds, like, all right, this cat's different, man. This is a sharp dude. And um, we get off the podcast and then then I reached out to him like maybe a week later and said, hey, um, no pressure, zero pressure. But would you be willing to hop on a call maybe every two or three weeks with me just so I can run stuff by and kind of bounce ideas and bounce things I'm working off? And so he said, yeah, I'd love that. And, and so we just built a really, really strong friendship. Like I would consider Kyle one of my better friends now. And it was all because I'm like, I got to get around this dude somehow, some way I've got to learn from him and um, I've learned a ton from him and he's helped me be better. So yeah, that's, I think intentionality and, and, and just like, it's important. It is so vital to what you're going to look like in five to 10 to 15 years, who you're around today. Yeah, really good. Yeah, being being bold, being not afraid to just reach out. I I love that, and um, it just leads into another question that I had in my mind. Um, just with the art of friendship, every job, every job that I've gotten has been through a relationship. Um, and so just you you run an executive uh, search uh, committee, um, hiring, and uh, I know it's a big deal for a lot of coaches. Um, just curious. What would you, what advice would you give to that young coach? And what have you learned just from, you know, sifting through resumes? I, I guess what would be the first separator as far as resumes goes? And then as when you get into the interview, um, how would you help a, a coach separate to try to land that job? Yeah, I don't know if I have a, a good answer about what separates resumes, um, honestly. Uh, there's so much nuance to it. Like, what job are you going for? Um, yeah, I'll give the standard old man answer, like just do a really good job where you're at. And it's so cliche ish, but it's so true. Just really do a good job. So I don't know if I had the resume answer. Um, Chad, what was your, as you were sh asking that question, I, I stopped listening. Cause I'm like, I don't have a good answer for that. What was your follow-up question? Yeah, no, once you, once you get into the interview, what would you say, um, well, yeah, what have you learned on your side of things that that stands out to make make you want to try to go hire hire somebody? Yeah, I so I think this that it's not always 
it's not always the best ideas or the best person that wins the job. It's it's the best person who can also articulate their ideas and their philosophies in such a way that the search committee or the person on the other side of them has clarity on what you're talking about. So I think number one is um, one, you, you hopefully you have a foundation of what you believe. And then two, you better work on your articulation because it's probably not good enough. I'm a verbal processor. So I can, I can kind of, I can speak to this really well um, because I'm a verbal processor. I start thinking and talking at the same time, which, which on some levels, totally great. It's whatever. doesn't matter. But if I'm in an interview or a podcast, I'm, I'm blown it right now because I am doing these, I'm having these thoughts as I'm talking, um, man, it can get, it can get long winded. It, it can get rough. And then you're, you, even if you say good things, saying 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 really good stuff over the course of a three and a half minute ramble is not nearly as good as saying the same type of stuff in a minute and a half succinct with sticky language really clear concise language that's number one like you don't want to be a robot but you need to know what what you believe and be able to articulate it really clearly and succinctly and systematically and then tell stories so that's that's one. And then two, I think, um, and this again is really cliche, but it's but it's true. If if there is a um, I was visiting with somebody last night actually about this. If if you're going for a job and you quote unquote absolutely have to have this job, like if you're clinging to this, like if this is the job that, oh my goodness, I have to have it. There's almost a guarantee, it, there's a 90% chance you're not going to interview well because you need it too bad. Mm -hmm. And there has to be an, un, there has to be a cling, unclinging to it. There has to be a detachment. There has to be a, Lord, I really actually want this job, but I am totally cool with whatever you give me. And you have to get that into your bones. And I think if you will detach from the, have to have this job and stop clinging. I think you'll walk into an interview and be and, and come across really natural and really well and very authentic versus forced, not comfortable on your own skin, gotta have the job almost uptight. That that you're probably not going to get the job. And so those are the two things that that stick out when you ask that question. Yeah, that's really good. So far I've heard I've heard the words like clarity. Um and just self-awareness, these things that that we're growing into through our 20s, through our 30s. And, you know, the need for mentors uh, is so, so key. And, and that's why your your consulting business is so needed in the coaching space is to have an outside perspective, to be able to speak life into um, just within your your business. Um if you just had one chance to sit down with a with a young coach to be able to speak life into them, they come to you, hey, I'm growing, I'm I'm needing help. What would just kind of be your central message be to that young coach and and trying to convince them that, hey, let, let me journey with you. We all need mentors. It's going to be a process. There's going to be growth. But what would you want to say to to that one coach? We get one one chance with them. It would probably center around. Uh, well, let, let me let me ask a clarifying question, Chad. Believer or non-believer? 
Yeah, I think for our audience, the, the Christian coach, so they they have faith in Christ. They love Jesus. They love their sport and they're 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 wrestling with with it all. How do I how do I do both? Um, how do I win at home? How do I yeah. how do I progress my career? But will you please help me, sir? Yeah, totally. So so I would I would go with the and you mentioned it, the John 15. This idea of abiding in the Lord, um, the Psalm 16, where 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 it talks about um, in my presence there's fullness of joy, like that idea of rooting, like radically reorienting your life around a deep abiding relationship with Jesus and letting everything flow from from that. That would be one. I would also give one little sub underneath that would be self awareness is 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 critical. You cannot lead others if you can't lead yourself. You can't you 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 can't help other people figure out who they are if you don't first know who you are. There's so many implications of of lacking self awareness that that destroy leadership. And so one abide, two um, let's let's start some self awareness work. Yeah, that's really good. It's really good, Travis. So there's so much that we uh, that we weren't able to get into. We'll may, maybe have to get a, a a second visit with you here to record. But we just like to end our time in prayer. Um, just just how, how could we be praying for you today, Travis? Yeah. Thanks, by the way, for for offering. Um, I think there's a couple things come to mind. Very generally, kind of what I'm talking about. I mean, I I am I'm. The, the the one thing that prevents me and most people from pressing into the Lord consistently is success in 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 uh, momentum because and we would we're smart enough not to say this but essentially oftentimes we actually live our life with this this idea of like Lord it ain't my first rodeo like I'm good I've coached when I started coaching coaches, Every time I would go into a coaching session, there would be like this, such a deep need for the Lord, because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. As you get momentum and as you have six, quote unquote, success, it, it, it you, you lose that. So my, my, I think my prayer for me is constantly that I would, um, I, I heard a guy on my podcast sh share this, Bernie Holiday with the Pirates, he's a mental performance coach, that I would have a... Um, a white belt mentality and all that I do that I would see myself as like desperately needy for the spirit of the Lord to, to come in and break through and, and, and lead me. And so that's one that I would not have the, it's not my first rodeo Lord. Take the, take, you can take today off because I've done all this before. Um, Cause I think you, you do that long enough and you look up and you're in a ditch. You're you're so that, I think that that would be that would probably be the primary one that I would see my dependence and neediness of the Lord very clearly so that I'm just consistently drawing near to him, that I'm consistently um, pressing into him. And then maybe a little sub prayer from, from that would be that I would legit like walk out what the Lord wants me to do, even if it looks kind of goofy to the, to the world, even if I, like he gives me an idea or a strategy and it just doesn't line up with what the world would do that I would still have the boldness to just, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going to do this. Cause I, this is what I sense the Lord speaking to me that I would stay really true to that, that I would stay really grounded in Lord. I, my yes is on the table. Whatever you ask me to do, my yes is on the table. 
That's awesome. That's really good. Um, thank you for sharing your heart. And um, yeah, just that dependence on the Lord. I feel like that's when we stop to pray, you know, that's just a sign of of our dependence. And so let's uh, let's just pray together to close out our time. Love it. Heavenly Father, um, you are good. Uh, you are loving. You are kind. And uh, just thanks so much, God, just for the Travis, for his business, for the work that you've been doing in his life, God. And, and I just pray, Lord, that you would just um, keep him humble, keep him dependent on you, that you would lead him day by day, minute by minute. Um, as he influences uh, these influential coaches. Um, I pray that, Lord, that you just give him clarity and conviction to live out the calling that you put on his life. And um, just pray you just continue to bless uh, everything that he puts his hand to. We pray this all in Jesus' most powerful name. Amen. Good. Coach, you can you can hear from this episode just the importance of self-awareness, of knowing who you are as a coach. Uh, the importance of just uh, spending time with the Lord and letting him speak into who you are um, in, in your identity with with Christ. And uh, out of that, you're going to be able to impact others through your coaching platform. Um, this is season four. We release every Tuesday morning. Um, we would love for you to subscribe, rate, review. All these things help with the algorithms of, of spreading this message of coaching with Christ. Um, we just invite you to join us on this journey, coach. Um, I, I love learning from these leaders. We have we have so many great episodes that are coming up. And so, yeah, we hope that you'll journey with us. And we end every episode the same way because we believe with all of our hearts that the mission field is right where you're at. Mm -hmm.